Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is no better show on your radio. This is Around the House with Eric G. Everybody stop what you're doing, please! From your back fence to the sidewalk, Eric will tell you how to keep it all in tip-top shape while helping you save a buck while doing it. If you like DIY projects, it takes a lot of practice to get good at it, and Eric is here to guide the way. These are the wrong plans! These are the old plans! All that and more on the fastest two hours of home improvement radio. Stop it! Stop what you're doing! Welcome to Around the House with Eric G. Welcome to Around the House with Eric G, your home improvement source every weekend, where we deep dive into subjects. That way we can help you get that DIY project planned, started, and completed well, maybe saving you some money along the way. Well, we, this is one of those weekends where on uh, Around the House where we've kind of got just a, a smorgasbord of stuff going on. Dane Vodder's not in the studio today. You've got me, Eric G., and we've got so many different things to talk about. Well, one thing I wanted to talk about before we get into the show, and make sure you hit uh, AroundTheHouseOnline.com. That is your one-stop shop for everything around the house, and you can find everything there. I wanted to talk about some little sneaky thing that I'm seeing out there. I'm a home technology expert, and here's something that I think you better keep track of because coming up here this next week, Amazon has got one of those little sneaky tricks they're going to pull on you, and this is a big one. So here on June 8th, it looks like Amazon, from what I'm seeing on the reports, Amazon's going to enable a new feature on Alexa and Echo devices to create a wireless mesh service, sharing, you know, the little slice of your internet bandwidth with your nearby neighbors. The steps to disable this intrusive new feature um, is interesting because here's what's going to happen. So you think about it, you've got Alexa, Echo, all the different devices out there. They have their Amazon sidewalk. It's this system as, uh, let's see, let me, let me go down the list here in my head. So you've got Alexa, Echo, Ring, all the security cameras, lights, motion sensors, and even the tile trackers are going to be installed in, in this system. So you're going to have to go into your default settings and change that. But as you know, none of us remember to do that. We go, oh, yeah, that's right. We never go into those default settings. So Amazon Sidewalk is only going to be available in the U.S. So you need to go into your Alexa app, open the more selection settings, go to account settings, select Amazon Sidewalk, turn Amazon Sidewalk off. That way you don't have to worry about that. And I want to make sure that everybody understands that, that way you're not sharing your, your bandwidth to your neighbors. And it's probably not that much. I don't know what it is. 
But uh, I honestly don't want more people having access into my network. So for me, on the home technology front, make sure you check that up. And you can Google that and find the information out there. But this is I just wanted to get this one out to everybody out there to make sure that they're not sharing your internet connection with everybody else. I'm always worried about that because I'll be honest, I'm bouncing off my limit each and every month uh, with Comcast that I have, Xfinity. And so I want to make sure um, one of these days I'll have to go on another business enterprise pages, but I like just having the home thing. But more importantly, just make sure that you're doing that and doing it right because uh, you don't want to have to burn up bandwidth that maybe you're paying for or you're using. So just be careful on the settings on that. Always good to go back and check those settings from time to time to see what information is being shared. Well, today I wanted to talk about my tricks for keeping your house cool. A lot of people, like myself, have a central heating air conditioning system that is state-of-the-art, works really well. Special thanks out to Carrier and, uh, you know, my friends over at Pyramid Heating and Cooling. They just installed that in a couple weeks ago. They did a great job, and it's just, it's crushing it making my life much easier. Uh, up until a few weeks ago, that wasn't the case in my household. We had a 1993 furnace that was working. We didn't have a working central air conditioning system, so I had, you know, window style. Actually, there were the portable ones, you know, the portable with the tube that goes out to go through the window because we don't have a bunch of sliders in my house because it's a contemporary-styled home. Problem is, is those things were super inefficient on my electricity bill, and even more important, the worst part of this was that they just were loud and obnoxious and they were they didn't do a good job of filtering the air in the home as well. So it led to a fairly unhealthy house environment. So here was my trick. Now, if you're in an area where it doesn't get cool at night, this doesn't work as well. But on these more spring days, it might. So we go to bed with the windows open, you know, and in my area, you can do that. Sometimes you're in a, a secure area where it's where you can't do that, and that's unfortunate, where security is a concern. But we would go to bed with the windows open and try to let that heat come out because during the night it would do that. But I would get up before, you know, I was up early, but I would get up before the sun comes up. I would open up the windows and the doors in the house, and then I would turn on, and maybe it's 60 degrees outside, right? It's cool. So I would turn on the fan for the heater, fan only, to move the air around. I would turn on the bath fans and the kitchen vent hood. So I'm moving that interior air out. Now, there are problems with this because if you've got poor air quality outside, you are now making it poor air quality inside. And so that was the flaw of this system. If I had smoke from a wildfire or mold, or anything else outside, I'm now introducing that inside my house. So this was not the best plan. But it, it worked on keeping the house cool. And so I would leave that open with the fans going in the morning until I started noticing the temperature creep up. Once I noticed that the inside temperature was the same as the outside temperature, and it was starting to warm up outside, I closed everything up. So... Next step was I'd go through and I'd close all the blinds on the sunny side of the house to make sure those are all closed up and rooms that I wasn't using at this point, I would close up. Wasn't worried about it. If, it, if that's a bedroom, kids off of college, not that big a deal. Close it up. I'm not worried about cooling that. 
Then I would get out the window air conditioners and uh, or the portable air conditioners and get those things fired off and start using them. And that worked really well. Now, when we got up into the mid-90s, like we were this last week, it was taking the edge off and it was dropping the house 15 degrees. That's all I could expect out of that. It was doing well. But I wanted it to be much more comfortable than that. But that worked. Now, here's where I have some real problems these days with newer homes because growing up in a desert area, maybe if you're in the desert southwest or Nevada or any place like that where it's a desert climate, swamp coolers are still used in some of those areas. And, you know, they worked pretty well in a, in a mobile home or in an older house, but I've seen people try to install those in newer houses, those newer houses are where you run into problems because they're too tight. And now you're turning around and literally putting in high humidity into a house that can't control it. And you can build a mold factory with one of those in the wrong house. Because if you're trapping all that moisture inside, you are going to have more problems with that. Nobody wants to have that indoor air quality issue that you're going to create with that. So I don't recommend swamp coolers anymore. Yeah, they do keep things a little bit cooler, but unless you've got a super drafty building, I just don't want to put that kind of humidity in the house. Some of you guys I know are going, what are you talking about? What is a swamp cooler? Well, it is a box that would mount on top of your house or on the side, depending on where you're located. And there's a pump in it. And then there was this mesh material, kind of like some of the really cheap um, air filters you see out there and it would pump water up and there was a fan in there it would pump water up it would go down through the inside almost like a radiator through that mesh and then it would blow air across it and that air moist air would blow into the house and create a cooling effect kind of like some of those misters do and it works really well for that but that's the mold problem. So nobody wants to deal with the mold. So be very careful with that. To be honest, as heat rises in the house, you want to make sure that you can vent that out as best you can. But to be honest, if it's already too hot outside, the air you're venting out has to be replaced. It's not going to work very well. And then the other thing I would do is try to do as much cooking outside. Because I noticed if you get that oven up to 450 degrees, 325, whatever you're baking, you are now using all those BTUs, either the cooktop there, to heat the house, and you're trying to cool the house. So make sure you do all your cooking and everything outside. That will keep you in that outdoor kitchen or barbecue. That's going to help keep the house cool in the long run. And that's the goal, right? Keeping the house cool in the long run. And I think that's a good guide if you think about it. Just trying to take those things that create heat inside and get them outside and you're going to do pretty well with that. So just keep the air moving. And again, sometimes if you've got some high ceilings, let give it a place for the heat to go up there. And you can help keep the house cool. There are things you can do uh, without putting in a new system. And that's going to be, you know, maybe some motorized skylights, things like that, that'll help vent the house up to get the air cool going in there. But to be honest, your best bet is going to be going with a central system or a mini split type system with heating and cooling and making sure that you've got that dialed in. It's going to save you more money in the long run. And most heating and cooling companies have a great financing program where they can do different payment methods so you can afford to put that system in your house. 
All right, so much more when we come back just after these important messages around the house. We'll be right back. What's up? This is Stick and Satchel from Steel Panther, and you are listening to Around the House with Eric G. Yeah. We love Eric G, and you should too. for joining us, rocking it out to Little Steel Panther. Love those guys. Well, we've got a big show here where we've been talking about a lot of different subjects. And, you know, I just filmed here last week an upcoming More Good Day Oregon segment. And this one here is a DIY project on how to fix your own, basically how to fix a foundation. Do you have a cracked foundation in your home? And you know something? That's a big one. I mean, seriously, that is a big one. You know, a, a foundation crack in your in in your house can cost you thousands of dollars to have somebody come in and repair it. And that's that's important to watch these things because these things can be detrimental to your house. I have seen homes that were going to have that had foundation issues. Great example. I was out at a house. Jeez, this was probably four years ago, maybe. I was out at a house, and the guy had called in and needed somebody to take a look at this, and so I had popped out to take a peek at it. He was a truck driver, and his kids were staying in the house. He was on the road most of the time, and there was this really wild problem. So they had a kitchen, you know, window out to the outside, not a big deal, and then a little farther down the exterior wall was the laundry room. Well, there was a galvanized drain line that failed under the house and nobody paid attention to it. And this is where this went. So top load washing machines, every time they washed, there was 50 or 60 gallons getting dropped on the ground. It washed out the foundation under the kitchen. Well, gentleman comes home from months on the road, wonders what's going on because the refrigerator is bound up between the wall and the cabinetry. It was starting to crush the refrigerator where the door wouldn't shut anymore. And this was in the wintertime, so I popped down there, opened the, the crawl space. I knew it was going to be bad when the steam is coming up. It was 40 degrees outside. But just a rush of warm, moist air come out, and I'm like, oh, no, what's going on? So I stick my head underneath there. This environment had been so moist for so many months that it rotted out all of the metal ductwork down below for the heater. So they were heating this space, superheating this space, because all that hot air was going in there and then working its way up into the ducts. The ductwork looked like that sheet metal galvanized didn't stand a chance down there. It was sitting there laying down on the ground in little pieces not bigger than a dinner plate. It looked like it was underwater and just had been rotting for months. Then I turned around and looked back at the foundation. And there was probably a six-foot round general kind of sinkhole right there that went down about six feet. That's how much soil had gone. Well, the foundation had sunk right there. 
and pulled away from the house. So to be honest, the refrigerator was helping that house from tacoing and actually dropping down. And if you looked outside, you could see where that section, where the roof trusses had dropped down a little bit because of that. They had a huge mess right there. Is doing a DIY repair on that smart? Not a chance. They've got hundreds of thousands of dollars in repairs there. But if they'd have caught that early, that'd have been one thing. So I've got my friends over at rhinocarbonfiber.com. These guys make lots of different carbon fiber products to fix residential construction walls. So let's talk about my house. I knew when I bought it, the inspection came back and said I had a single crack in the foundation. You could see where it settled a little bit. 1977 house. That happens. So I wanted to, before I put the deck back, I wanted to repair that. And so what we did is I got a, basically from these guys, which is uh, rhinocarbonfiber.com, I got their eight-foot bi-directional crack repair kit, which is awesome. So what you do, and this is what's cool, and so you have, you got to get their special caulking gun too. And what this does is this crack repair kit fix both cracks and leaks in concrete walls as well as providing that structural reinforcement. It's a super effective and economical crack repair solution for you, which basically combines high-strength carbon fiber to resist any movement. You know, think about it. Carbon fiber, when it's installed correctly, is 10 times stronger than steel and non-corrosive, which means there's zero maintenance to it as well. And so you can do something with it. If you wanted to hide it, you can paint it gray, and it kind of just disappears if you do that correctly. So the crack repair kit works really well on that. And so what I did, though, is we combined this product with the um, RCF resin crack injection kit. You're like, what is that? What the RCF structural epoxy injection resin kit is, is you start out with that. So what I did is I cleaned out the crack, right? And it was, you know, I couldn't put my fingers in it, but it was a pretty decent sized crack. So this kit is designed to seal cracks in concrete slabs, walls, masonry, you know, concrete block foundations. So what it does is it fills all the little crevices in that crack. So what you do is you take their... First, they've got this, the, the RCF epoxy, and you fill the crack up. And then what you're doing is you're taking the injection ports and you're gluing those to the wall, basically. So you're creating a dam so you can stop that. And what you're going to do is you're going to inject in this, almost like warm honey, this resin in there. And that RCF resin goes in there and binds the pieces together on the inside so it fills all the cracks in there and fills that up. And we'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back because that's kind of the first thing is to get that crack filled up before you put the carbon fiber on. We'll talk through that just as soon as Around the House returns. Hey, 
Hey, this is Ron Keel, the Metal Cowboy from Keel, the Ron Keel Band and Steeler. We are rocking around the house with Eric G. Raise your fist, make your Welcome fist. back to Around the House, Eric G, your home improvement source every weekend. Thanks for joining us. Dane Vonner's out for the day, but uh, hopefully we'll have him back next weekend. Now, we've been talking about DIY foundation repair. Now, one thing I want to add to this, and I was thinking about this during the commercial break here, is when in doubt, before you start into one of these projects, if you've got multiple cracks and it looks like things are actively moving, like something's going wrong, you always want to bring in a structural engineer and make sure that they are taking a look at your project to make sure that you're doing it correctly. Mine, I've been through enough of these before. I knew exactly what it needed. Wasn't an issue. But if you've got multiple cracks in the foundation or things are removing, this might not be your solution. So make sure that you've got that structural engineer involved. If you haven't done this before, take the time and money, have them come out, give you a report, and tell you what the best solution is. Tell them you want to use your DIY approach. Many of them will go, cool. Let me spell it out for you so you do this correctly. Because some of the other solutions might be doing this repair, but if something's actively moving, you might need to put in helical piers. What are helical piers? Helical piers are these metal corkscrews, basically. They screw into the ground, and they fasten to the foundation. They go all the way down into bedrock, basically, or into soil that's not moving. And what that does is that keeps that lift of the house from either sinking or raising, depending on what's going on there. And so that's one of those key things to always bring in that structural engineer. I've had many times go, oh, yeah, fill the crack. It's fine. Not a big deal. Or I've had, oh, my gosh, this whole house is sinking. We need to figure out a big solution. And that there is not a DIY solution. That is something that you have to bring in the experts and really get the helical piers placed Get them fastened off to the foundation. Decide if it's something that can be lifted. Many times it can't. And then you know what you got going on. I can't tell you the, the, the houses that I've seen built in areas that they shouldn't have been built or without the right soil prep. I've seen houses where there's not a window in the house that'll open because the whole house is racked so much. And that is a Big, big problem. At that point, you're almost to the point of lifting the whole house up off the foundation. And that's a rare for me because I'm not a big fan of of jacking homes up the foundation unless you're doing something pretty massive. And that's going to be called a sinking house where you got to put some helical piers or some other structural means to keep the house where you want it. And that's not moving. Now, clay soil can be something that also causes that issue. You think about clay soil around your house, that is... That whole, think of a sponge, like your kitchen sponge. You know, you don't use it for a few days. Maybe it's sitting on a sunny windowsill and it gets that all hard and and shriveled up. Think of that of your ground during a dry summertime. You know, you see the the lake bed that's clay because there's cracks in it. And then what happens when you get wet? It swells back up again like that sponge. Now, if your house is built on clay soil, what that means is that means that house and the foundation are moving. In weak points, like where you have in a crawl space where you have foundation vents or window openings in a basement, those are all weak points where they can break. And that's going to cause a big issue that you don't want to have. So anyway, I went back, I filled 
kind of created my own dam with the uh, RCF structural epoxy resin kit. And so I use the anchoring paste that they have, which is this gray epoxy. You fill in the holes, and you'll see this in the video. And then I put these little plastic ports so I could pump in with my caulking gun the structural epoxy resin. This is the injection resin. So that's the stuff that's like honey. So after that setup, I pumped that in and then plugged the holes. So that now tied that foundation together between point A and point B, which is super cool. That took care of that. And then I went back with the Rhino Carbon Fiber 8-foot bi-directional crack repair kit. And the bi-directional means that you've got two different strengths with that carbon fiber. There's single directional and bi-directional. Bi-directional means that you've got carbon fiber going in both directions, up and down and side by side. That's my favorite for using on a repair because that way you get that strength from multiple directions. So no matter if the, the foundation is pulling, lifting, whatever else, that just helps you. And so once you've got the other kit, you take your grinder and follow all your local codes on this because you want to make sure not to be getting that silica concrete dust out there in the world. So make sure you've got a good vacuum system. Anytime that you're chipping or creating dust, you want to control it and make sure you're following all the federal and local state laws for that. If you have an angry neighbor and you're down there grinding away on your foundation, they could be calling the authorities and sending pictures over there and all of a sudden, you've got code enforcement showing up at your door asking, why? what's all that dust? And they want to take a test of it. And that could be an expensive one for you. So make sure you follow that. So really, the next part is, is really simple on this. You're putting down the saturn adhesive epoxy. And you're basically installing the mesh over the top. This is a lot like doing fiberglass at this point. And you're just saturating the mesh and getting it where you want on the wall. You're good to go. Once this sets up, now this is kind of a two-day process, to be honest, because the other stuff, uh, now keep in mind, when I was doing it, it was 50-something degrees, so it was not uh, 60. It was not optimal like it is this last week where it was 90 degrees. But this is the standalone repair solution that'll take care of that in your home. And now, once you got that and it dries, you've got something that is stronger than what was there. Now, you can use these products. They have a bowed wall repair kit. So if you've got that, maybe a crack, or you've got that bowed foundation wall where maybe trees are pushing up against it, or you've got block that's pushing in, they make a bowed kit that does the same thing. So it does a really good job of going in there, and you fasten it in there. There's things you got to do. you got to bolt it to the sill. Uh, you want to basically attach these things in so there's no place to go. But I tell you what, that system works really well and you don't have to replace the foundation wall. And when you're all done, you can paint over the top of it. Uh, I like using a tinted um, you know, moisture sealing paint. There's a lot of those out there. But now here's the thing. If you have one of the problems where you're sitting there and you've got water coming through where it's an active water issue, there's a product for that as well. And so Rhino Carbon Fiber, who I'm talking about here, that's one of the people I've worked with in the past. That's what I used on my house. Their RCF polyurethane injection expanding foam kit 
is where if you've got that leaking crack, this stuff is gold for this. Because it's uniquely engineered to seal cracks in concrete, slab walls, masonry, all those different surfaces. So what you end up doing is going in and closing up that crack, right? And then you're going to put those same injection ports in there. And then you're going to inject in, after that's dried, the RCF injection foam. So what happens is, is this foam, it's not even foam, it goes in like honey, like a, like a warm honey. And you pump it in there with a caulking gun. That goes in there, it's just really syrupy, almost like pancake syrup. So what happens is, that goes in and that polyurethane looks for moisture. When it finds moisture, it foams up like spray foam. So you do this on the inside of the foundation. It will go in and chase down those water areas where the water was. That'll expand out, and it fills all those cracks with this waterproof foam. So it's an effective solution for patching up that foundation, especially when you've got a crack. And now you can put carbon fiber over the top of it or whatever else you want to do. But that is going to give you gold. You can go through and grind it off when you're done. Of course, follow your local codes on the grinding part and make sure that you hit carbon fiber over it. Now you've got a waterproofed area. It's going to be awesome. And you've done it yourself. This isn't that hard. you got to wear the gloves, wear your safety stuff. But this is something that you can do this for pennies on the dollar compared to having a large concrete repair company come in and do this yourself. And if you pay attention to detail and follow the directions, Rhino's got some really cool um, videos that are out there. I'll have mine coming out here in the next few weeks, but it works really well. And then you're going to be fine. So think about this, how to do that. Now, if you've got a, I mean, you're going to save a ton of money. Why not? Right now they've got these also for, if, if for instance, you've got a crack in a driveway or garage floor, the other thing you can do, too, is go in there, and they have these crack lock staples, which are little barbell pieces that are about, oh, 10 inches long. They've got a little ball in the end, and they're a carbon fiber staple, so you can drill in, cut a groove, and for a concrete slab floor, like in a garage or something like that, you can install these in there with that same RCF product, and you're good to go. Set them in epoxy. And that will keep that crack from moving around on it. So before you go in and do all of your, your painting and that stuff, you can go in, fix those with those staples. Then their painting company can come in. They can grind the floor. You can patch with that epoxy. They grind it. You paint it. Never know you had that repair there. And that repair is stronger than the concrete around it. That's the good part right there. And you've got a solution. All right. We'll get back to Around the House just after these important messages. This is Last Call. It's the last segment of the show, and thanks for listening. 
if you missed any of the radio show today, make sure you catch the podcast anywhere you catch podcasts or just head over to aroundthehouseonline.com. And of course, we're all on social media. But really, if you want to catch one spot to find us, that is aroundthehouseonline.com. And really wanted to thank everybody. We had some fun guests the last few weeks. You know, two weeks ago, we had Kevin O'Connor, host of This Old House. You know, they are just cruising along. And it's amazing how that franchise is going. Last week, we had the interview with Clyde Lewis. And we were talking everything paranormal inside your house. And if you missed any one of those, make sure you catch the podcast. Because that's where you can catch it. And uh, you can hear the show start to finish fairly commercial free when it comes down to it because uh of course it's not on the radio so thanks for listening today we've been talking about a lot of different things here on the radio show and i just wanted to recap on a few of these here before we kind of get into the last subject but we really started talking about here in hour one you know fixing that repairing that faucet that you can get you know most of them have lifetime warranties and then we dove into uh the waiting list on materials, and what is the lead time for the stuff that you're buying? Could be 20 weeks for Cabot's. Many of them are 12 to 14, even here in some 16. And then we started out today talking about uh, really keeping your house cool. What can you do around the house to keep that house cool and keep it dialed in? And then now we've been talking about DIY foundation repair on things that you can do to keep that from cracking anymore and making sure that you've got it taken care of. So really, that is one of the keys, too. When you're And we were talking about Rhino, you know, carbon fiber uh, reinforcement products, and that's uh, rhinocarbonfiber.com. We'll have them on the show here after the video airs, and we can talk more about it. Uh, they've been a really great company to work with over the years, and I uh, met them at trade shows years ago. And, of course, there's other companies out there that make the product, but they are definitely a, uh, a retail-friendly company, and if you're in the construction world out there and you're looking for it, they're, they're good for that as well. This is not a sponsored part. This is just something that we were talking about in the show today. But I really just kind of wanted to say thanks to those guys for helping support Around the House and this, uh, of course, my DIY segments that I'm doing. So those guys are great. Now, when it comes to repairing maybe a concrete floor or a, maybe you've got that pockmarked basement floor or you've got... You know, one of those garage floors that's you've now repaired it, but it's still really uneven, and you want to float it out and make it look good before you do something like paint it or put an epoxy coat or something on it. There's a lot of different solutions out there, and I want to make sure that we all kind of think about what those are. Now, we're so used to finding what we see at the home center and letting that be the be-all, end-all. Well, if it's not in the home center, it's not in my world. Think about some of the other companies out there. You know, for instance, Quickcrete, they make a, a top coating product you can trial over there and do that repair. Works pretty good. But I'll tell you what, the one company I keep going back to is Ardex. They've got a material as well. And of course, if you saw on Around the House Nation uh, in our closed group, you saw that post where uh, William jumped on there and talked about it. There are companies out there that do not sell to home centers that make professional products that you can get that are going to be maybe a little bit more but are so formulated for the project that you're doing. Those guys are German. They use that technology. And I tell you what, 
They do a killer job when it comes to caulking, when it comes to concrete products, anything to lay tile. I use their grout exclusively around my house as well. They are just a really good company to work with. So not trying to bag on the on the home improvement centers here, but, uh, you know, the, the big blue box, the big orange box. But many times those products in there are good homeowner-friendly products, but they're not the best pro product. And if you're a homeowner, I want to use the best product I can because, quite frankly, I want to do this project one time and not have to mess with it again. So think about some companies like Ardex and others like it because then you can use some stuff around there uh, that's going to be even a higher-grade product than what you're going to. And that's uh, ArdexAmericas.com is the resource on that one. But those guys have some great stuff from subfloor prep. I mean, they own Henry, right? We all know what the Henry flooring and roofing and that kind of stuff is. You know, the Henry brand is a big brand, especially when it comes to flooring adhesives. So if you're used to putting stuff down, that is really, really good stuff. So they've got... You know, if you're thinking about skim coating for doing a flooring project or even if you're going in to put uh, just a self-level, they've got exterior self-leveling concrete topping. They've got a lot of stuff like that that's suitable for wet areas. It is very dialed in and very ready for you to be doing stuff as far as moisture control in a basement. And then most importantly, the thing that I want you to think about is when you're coming into different products that you're going to be using, make sure that you're using the exact right surface prep for whatever you're doing. And those details matter. So make sure you get it there and taken care of. Well, hey, coming up, we've got so many different shows coming up here. I want to talk about heading forward. We've got some great interviews. Uh, I think next week I'm going to have my friends at RZ Mask on here. They're those guys that, uh, well, if you've seen my DIY segments, I've got the wild, crazy masks on. Um, no, this is not going to be a COVID mask thing. I'm going to be talking about safety in the shop. We're getting back to wearing masks, what they're meant for, and that's working in the wood shop, maybe spraying some stuff or doing something around where you need to dust control so you're not breathing in the, the sawdust, the sheetrock. Maybe it's demo day. We're going to talk about wearing masks for what DIYers want to do, and that's called working on projects. So we're going to talk with them. I've got a great contractor I'm getting uh, that I'm going to get some tips from here. She is amazing. We're going to bring her on the show as well as I'm working on getting uh, getting Caroline Blazowski back on the show again. And uh, we'll be bringing her on again, having some fun there too. So we have so many more new shows coming up that I don't want you to miss because we've got some big ones coming up. We're going to be going all strong all summer long. So make sure, as you noticed, even through the holiday, there was no best of show. And even today when we couldn't get Dane in the studio, guess what happened? We had him on another project, but we still brought you fresh new content every single week. I'm Eric G, and for Dane Vodder, you've been listening to Around the House. Around the House with Eric G is produced by, designed by Eric G, in association with Salem Media, and distributed nationally by the Sun Broadcast Group. All rights reserved. Copyright designed by Eric G. We will be back next week. If you missed part of the show, check out the podcast of all of our shows at aroundthehouseonline.com. Remember, measure with a micrometer, mark with caulk, and cut with an axe.
Thanks for listening to Around the House. Hey, it's Eric G from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's millboard.com.